Hi, this is Wendy Whalen. Thank you for joining us on New Combinations. I'm sitting here with Nico Muley. <laughs> That's true. And, um, you know, we've very rarely sat together one-on-one. I'm really excited to sit with you. You're a genius. Oh, shut <laughs> I'm just excited to be here. Well... I met you many years ago. Do you? I don't know if you probably remember, but through Benjamin. Through Benjamin, that's yes, right. Yes, by Benjamin, we mean Benjamin Millipier. And I was like, who's that kid? You were like a wonderkind. I was a, I was a kid. Benjamin sort of plucked me out of whatever. You know, Did he, he find you? He found me because he. it was actually really strange. We, I was working for Philip Glass at the time as an um, assistant. Can ben, I ask how old you were then? I was probably 24. So you were really, I was really young. a wonderkind. Yeah, I was, I was uh-huh. really young. But Benjamin needed someone to adapt these sections of Einstein on the Beach for something he was doing in Paris. Uh-huh. But it was so complicated a project that I kind of had to go. And then it was complicated enough that I kind of had to conduct. And so it just, it went from me were like. You doing Doing that before? Were you a conductor? Not really. Uh, oh. I was definitely composing. Okay. Right. So I conducted this for Benjamin, and then in the middle of that process, I'm really not pushy about music. Like I was there to work for Philip and for Benjamin, yeah. so I wasn't like you know slipping him mixtapes under his door. But then at a certain point, he was like, "Can I hear some of your music?" And I gave him some, and he was like, oh, my God, we have to do something together. ABT just asked for a piece. Let's do it. It was really yeah. good. Yeah, um, I know. I'm sure. I remember him being very, very excited about you as a and, collaborator. And I him. And, and you're, you seem to be a very fun and good collaborator. Do you look at yourself <laughs> like that? Yeah. I, I mean, I think, I think for me, the, one of the weird things about being a composer as yeah. opposed to what performers do, it's like you're alone all the time. Like the act of composing uh-huh. is a silent and lonely Act. Uh, like Stravinsky in his little closet, uh, composing the Rite of Spring as the ice cracks. Over yeah, ex- the exactly. And, and it's just, and yeah, exactly. Or, or you know, yeah. th- think about, yeah, you're in a small room alone. Here. And so so for me, the joy of collaborating with not not just musicians, but with, you know, with filmmakers, with choreographers, with dancers is so fun because mm-hmm. it's like you're in someone else's ecosystem. And oh. so many straight up commissions are, here's a pile of money, hand us a pile of paper, no restrictions. Oh, wow. Whereas, you know, it's great to actually build your muscle yeah. With someone else and to and to work on so that I my collaborations with dance with dance have been really rewarding when I then have to go back into my lonesome cage and write. Well, because they have those limits on them. They're like, this is you know how much time we need, right? And we want these movements, and they generally have a good idea of what they want, correct? Yeah, more or less. But but it's also I mean I, this is something that I've also learned, which is that different choreographers react to things in different ways. As in, if I'm notating something for a musician, I can basically show them without saying anything exactly how I'm hearing the rhythms. Mm. Whereas with choreographers, it's like the the joy is how they hear it in a completely different way. Mm. Mm -hmm. And because they perceive it physically rather than in this Mm -hmm. intellectual way. What has working with dance how's that changed you as a composer? I was thinking about that on, my, on the on the train up up here because I sort of anticipated a similar question. But but in a lot of ways it it's changed the way I think about line. Because we, we, we share a lot of terms, right? Mm-hmm. Line and phrase, and but they mean very different things. Uh-huh. And thinking about single, I would say vertical, like si- moments of elegance on stage, how that relates to single moments in a, in a score, like, it, like a vertical chord versus a horizontal line. Uh-huh. It just changes your perception of that. But then also, when I, th- when I say footprint, I usually mean the kind of basic fundamental um, rhythmic unit. Uh-huh. And that's a shared thing. And under, and wa- and watching, and I'm thinking just from having rehearsal with Justin the other day, mm-hmm. where 
he'll have a steady footprint going, so it's following the rhythm pretty explicitly, but then the entire perspective will change. And there's, there's always this sense of possibility in three dimensions that you forget that you have with music. So it's like you really use the orchestra and feel like it's tilting around, you know, send a sound around. That's all, all those uh-huh. things came from dance. Sculpt, sculpture, yeah. like living, breathing sculpture. So let's go back. Why are we here? We're here to talk about your new work with Justin yes. Peck, which premieres on February 26th? Six. So it's a Wednesday. It's a Wednesday. <laughs> the last Wednesday in February. Right. Probably. My parents are coming on a Friday. You know, it's like, yeah, that's all, that's all I know. <laughs> is this the first time you've worked with Justin? It is. It is. It is. Did, did he reach out to you or did you reach out to him? We've known each other socially for a million years. Because mm-hmm. I'm really close friends with Bryce Destner and with Sufjan Stevens, right. who's, who've worked with him variously here. Okay. You know, so I've just known him forever. And we just never really had occasion uh-huh. to make work together. And it, yeah, it just came to pass that this opportunity came up. And it felt like a perfect thing to do. And, you know, he, as you know, as, as as the whole world knows, he's incredibly busy doing a million different kinds of things. Yeah, like you. Right. <laughs> Both of you guys right. no, do exactly. like such multi, multimedia kind of work. And it, but, I, but it was interesting to me because, you know, I feel like I've worked here a bunch and obviously mm-hmm. he, this is his home, home team. Um, you know, to make something in that context felt really exciting. Was the piece um, co- composed already or did you start no, no. from scratch no, no, together? No, no, started from scratch. Wow. Scratch. But this is, I mean, this, I, so now I'm going to turn mm. the question on you, yeah. uh-huh. which is that, that, you know, some of the great, I, I don't know what the percentage is, but a lot of great ballets are made on specially composed music for that piece. And then a lot of great ballets are made on music that was not made, written for mm-hmm. the dance. Mm-hmm. And I wonder, you know, do you perceive as, as an interpreter of that work, do you perceive the difference or does it all, does it all get filtered through the, for the movement and that, and that issue goes away? As a dancer, I always felt it get filtered through the movement of whatever the the choreographer has given me, mm. and I let it come from the choreographer, which comes from the music. So right. the, I think the music always comes first, and then the the choreographic composition, and then the dancer is the the instrument of sort of painting that vision. And certain choreographers, I think, give the dancers a little more uh, latitude in, in how they hear the music as well. And mm-hmm. then, so I think it's it can be this kind of even more open collaboration when the collaborators are very open with with one another, and right. then it can be everybody learns something and 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 feels a, a real sense of ownership in it, which I think yeah, that's interesting, right? No, that, that, that's sort of how I think about it too. Is and when, so when you asked, did I start from scratch? It, mm-hmm. I, the question it's kind of like yes, of course I did, you know, because that's <laughs> that's you know, because also I I feel like what what I want to do when I'm working with a choreographer is not just you know I'm not just giving him what he wants. I I, I hate for a collaboration to feel like. One-sided? A, one-sided, yeah. but be like, okay, let, let me pause my creative process here and you pause your creative process and let's make something together. It, it's like it has to be in the thrust of what I'm interested in writing right now, uh-huh. challenging myself uh-huh. and, and, you know, for him as well, uh-huh. if that makes sense. I so, love that because that's where you're at. You know, it's and where that's I'm at. what yeah. you, that's living performing art. It's when it's, it's where you're at. It's, it's, that's where the best choreography comes is like taking, um, Inventory and and exploring where you're at this moment. Exactly, and you don't you never want to make it like oh I always cook the same kind of meal no matter what. It's like it's like oh okay I'm in this neighborhood I'm gonna grab this and this and this and kind of yeah go for it. And I think you know with Justin it's interesting because I I I know his other work very well and mm-hmm. I've seen him a million times. Mm-hmm. And so my question was you know I 
I play in the same kind of rhythmic sandbox as a lot of the other th- pieces that he's commissioned mm-hmm. for himself. Mm-hmm. He, for I don't want to yeah. say commissioned for himself. That sounds like Louis Quatorze or something, but you know what I mean. <laughs> yes. Um, and so the trick is, how do I give him something that he has to react to in a in a way that's different from how he's reacted to mm-hmm. you know my colleagues' music? Mm-hmm. And in a weird way, it's sort of it's sort of setting up. I don't want to say traps, but setting up little kind of Easter eggs and things that things that kind of pop out uh-huh. um, that that give him a that give him a, an especial challenge. Yeah. It's like, what are those treasure hunts? Those um, Like a scavenger hunt? Scavenger hunt. It's like, oh, now we're going to go here. Right. And, you know, are you going to find it? Or are you going to find something different? Exactly. Exactly. Or basically, I mean, there's one one of the movements. It's in like 95 little movements, or I think it's in nine movements. One of the movements. Your piece is nine movements? I think it's tiny, but it's like miniature. It's like nine miniatures, I think. Is is that right? Mm. Yeah. But one of them is like relentless. Every instrument is playing... there is something happening the whole time so the phrases never end it's kind of like one of those word games where you just have to keep or it's a you have to keep the ball in the air the entire Uh, time so uh there's never a close to a phrase Uh each instrument of the of the nonet of instruments is in a different rhythm and they stick to it so it's like this crazy conversation uh-huh. of everyone speaking at the same time and I knew that he was going to have to figure something out <laughs> that's good that. I love that it's <laughs> like you give each other games and, yeah. and challenges and puzzles to figure out I looked at a little video snippet of a rehearsal and I don't think it's finished yet is it the work finished no, yet? no well, so I went to the second rehearsal after what two months off uh-huh. like he had started and right early early right and uh-huh. then I, and I still don't understand this because I don't understand how dancers remember stuff from that long ago. Mm, we're to... geniuses. No, you seriously yeah. are. No, it's crazy because it's like, I can't, mm-hmm. you know, I can't remember what I ate yeah. for dinner last night and it's like the <laughs> no. idea of remembering with my body yeah. a new thing of which there's no videotape. Yeah. Well, there's this thing called the iPhone that we kind of sneak right. into a corner right, so right, that right. we take it home and remember what it is. That's what, what you, I do. Is that what you do? That's what I always do. But what did you do before? I struggled. <laughs> <laughs> I really struggled and I watched the dancers that had the good memories right. and um, asked them for... What's that step over there? What well, was the rhythm? I found that actually quite touching mm-hmm. the uh, the other day where it was like the everyone was showing each other what to do. Yeah. And which I really, you know, it's you, for, you forget too. It's like, again, it's not a piece of chamber music where each mm-hmm. person is only looking at their own part and just kind of like, as long as I do this more or less at the same time as these other people, like, yeah. you know, you sort of let Jesus take the wheel and meet at the double bar. Yeah. This is a whole different no, thing. No, it's a working, living machine and you have to... Feed, or you feed in here and I feed in there and then you you lead that circle around right. and yeah it's that's one of the best parts about our ballet company because it's so much of about a machine and showing the work and the choreography and the uh, design within the choreography is so ex- exciting yeah I mean that is what makes here I mean there are a bunch of places that do that but here it's always for me so every time I see a show here you realize that you're logging into this enormous memory bank of of things that are fixed but also each time it's new. You know, it, yeah. it, it, it feels like, it, as, a, as a musician, again, because I, I work so heavily in this kind of notated universe, mm-hmm. to see that to see that kind of art making is always so thrilling. Mm-hmm. And it's so, generally, we really follow along with, with the scores of the music. I mean, that's Balanchine, when he did Mozartiana, there's, there's a part, the pianists cross their hands as they mm-hmm. play, and he literally choreographed... The dancers crossing as well, so right. it's really like the vision of what the musicians are doing, and I think also with things like um, dual concertante. Yeah, we knew we were going to talk about Stravinsky, Stravinsky today. Yeah, Stravinsky. <laughs> How many ballets would you say you've? You're becoming quite a ballet composer. I've, I've made a bunch. I, mm-hmm. I know them. I've made most of them with Benjamin. Like that's okay. we we must have done nine or okay. ten of them. Like it's been mm-hmm. and in different different scales and different sizes. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I've done 
uh, a large one, Stephen Petronio. I'm doing a couple, you know, in the future. So it, I've, I've done a bunch. I've done like maybe a dozen-ish and, and always happy to do more. I really, really, really enjoy it. You've done a bit of opera too, right? Mm-hmm. And yep. um, what's the difference between opera and ballet for you? Is there a big, big difference? Uh, yeah, it's a huge difference. I mean, for me, for, with an opera, you've got the store. I mean, you have a libretto, right? Uh-huh. And so you already have a master text to the shape of the evening, right? Mm-hmm. Like you literally know what's going to come to pass. Like, you have know, you done a full-length ballet? Yet? I have not. Ooh. I have not. So if you need one, let me know. All right, we will. Um, we will. <laughs> You're on our list. Great. Man. Okay. Good. No, I mean uh. a, full, a full a full evening is like such a dream because mm. it's so. But but you know, but then it's like, do you have a narrative? Do you not have a narrative? Yeah. Do you do or, or do you do something that's kind of episodic or what? You know. So, but with again with a, with an opera, it's like the the overall st- the overall architecture of the space has been designed mm-hmm. by a librettist in collaboration mm-hmm. with you, obviously. But then the other thing is that, you know. Th- that sense of abstraction, I think that dance can that mm-hmm. dance always has is much less welcome in opera, which is essentially mm-hmm. an act of theater. Like mm-hmm. you go, you go to experience, no ma- and no matter how crazy and like Euro the production is, yeah. like even if like everyone's naked and covered in blood, like it's still theater. Uh, it's still handle. Yeah, <laughs> it's still handle. Oh my gosh! Speaking about you know where you're at mm. artistically. How would you describe where you're at as a as a collaborative artist with Justin right now? So I can actually answer that question in two. I can answer okay. the selfish way and then the collaborators. Give way. me both. Yeah. So the, so the the selfish way is that I have become really interested in a form of rhythmic complexity that is the way the way I think about it is it's almost like there's a solid object that's recognizable. Like a beehive is a good mm-hmm. is a good um, simile where it's like you're looking at a solid object, but you know that there's all this stuff happening inside mm-hmm. it. And so it's not rhythmic complexity where you don't understand where home is, mm-hmm. but it's a complexity that's kind of, you know, like the human body or where some, where there's the more you aware you are of of things happening within a, a solid object. So that's that's kind of what I'm obsessed with right now, just selfishly, like Love, in my own yeah. work. But then as a collaborator, mm-hmm. it's like every time I do these things, it becomes easier. And I find myself very quick to be able to react to prompts mm. and then also very quick to be able to to provide prompts. And I really with I really with Justin again, like I wanted to make sure that I gave him something toothsome that he could you know, that he mm-hmm. could really get involved in. And it, and again, not to say that he would do this, but but th- that that it wasn't so similar to other things that he's done, even though I love those things, if that makes sense. Yes. Um, Did he give you specific ideas of where he's at and what he wanted from you? What were those we, sort of... We more talked about structure, actually, oh, okay. like in terms of... And, and you know, again, I, interestingly, like I wouldn't have told him exactly what I just told you. Uh-huh. Like, here's where I am at artistically. <laughs> yeah. You know, because I, I feel like I feel like it's nice to kind of figure that out as you go. Mm-hmm. And so, no, we, we talked a lot about structure. We talked a lot about the instrumentation, actually, which is this kind of weird... It's like three woodwinds, uh, a trombone, percussion, and string quartet. So it's a weird mixed... Wow. It's a mixed... Um, Nonette or whatever you know, it's kind of, and, and we t- and we talked about, you know, what what does it mean to have these? Every instrument can be it's a soloist in a weird way, like the cast, which is made exactly. up of soloists and principals mostly, right? Which yeah. is so interesting too. Yeah. I mean, that's that's it another. That's another thing that you forget with contemporary work in the ballet. You can have these combinations that I feel like you wouldn't have in the very hierarchical kind of French system of who gets to dance alone on the stage mm-hmm. with a light. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Yeah. Which I find super fascinating. Um, I mean, that, that's something for me, too, that I wanted the music to never suggest, like, this is the pas de deux, this uh. is this, this is that. Like, it, the, I try to make it pretty um, uh, shape-shifting. Mm-hmm. 
So that it's, yeah, I feel like that when I saw it. I heard ele- an electronic mm. score, right? It's yep. but it's a full orchestra or this no, no, orchestra. It's, it's an orchestra. It's non It's a non Yeah. So it's literally it's What's literally a nine just nine players. A ninet? Is that what you call and it? Nonet. So it's 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 quintet, sextet, septet, octet, nonet, and then I don't know what happens after that. Wow. <laughs> oh my god. Is there a title? For the piece? Oh, we don't know yet. Actually, yesterday okay. I got an email from from Justin that said, "Dude, title three three question marks." So that's, that's not a, the title. That's a title. In I thought, itself. Yeah, exactly. That's a little dude, meta. Title. Dude, title. Question marks. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, be, I bet you will come up with one over text message like later. I you love know, that. Like, so here's another question for you. I mean, working with MIDI, working with a computer demo is MIDI. That's the word I was MIDI, thinking yeah. of. Yeah. It's so weird. And for you guys, it must be so weird to transition from that to the real thing. I think it depends on the 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 composition itself because mm. some are pretty clear. Yeah. And you and especially when it's rhythmical, and then sometimes when it's a little more abstract. It can be, whoa, whoa. I used to hear the, uh, there, and it's a right. different sound. So, um, and our, our dancers are so freaking musical uh, by nature that they'll, they'll be fine. No, it'll they'll be, be fine. Yeah, it'll be, I mean, it's something that we do get occasionally used to doing, so. Right. Yeah. You know, when I describe it to people who aren't, dancers or musicians mm-hmm. or whatever, they're like, wait, so they work with like this electronic version of what you did? Like, why don't you just record it? And then, you know, it's a, it's a but you know, the, the financial model of, of how this work is made, yeah. it's like, you know, that would be great if, if you could get a little orchestra in and, and read through the entire season and yeah. then have scratch tapes made with real instruments so you could hear the balance. But it's like, that's just not what's up. Has there been a pianist playing yes. generally? Yes, and they've, they've gone back and forth between MIDI, MIDI and piano. Okay. And also, can I say, your your pianists are so good. They are. Like, they can do anything. and They love challenges. Yeah, that's what yeah. it seemed like. It was, it was just a sense of like, okay, this, uh-huh. like, this is going to be mm-hmm. fine. Bring it. <laughs> it's also, I mean, it's, you know, I, I remember, I, I, it must have been Benjamin who told me this once because I, I actually found myself in one of these rehearsals really frustrated this is like 10 years ago mm-hmm. where it was one of the first times we'd gone from from MIDI to the real instruments of course mm-hmm. it sounded totally different mm-hmm. and you know the conductor couldn't get the orchestra or the orchestra weren't ready to go as fast as I had indicated mm-hmm. right because they were figuring it out right because mm-hmm. it's hard yeah and but then you know the dancers are freaking out because they're they're like you know, they're like I can't do this. I'm like, well, why can't you do this? Just you know, just go slower. And of course, it's like the body only falls so quickly. Yeah, you know what I mean. Right, like, right, you don't right, have a right. choice. Gravity doesn't quite. You know, I'm like, as, as try as he might, I don't think Benjamin's quite figured out how to stop gravity yet. He's like, working on it. He's he working on it. No, he, there's a lab in yeah. LA somewhere that's like <laughs> totally. It's like floating he and around. Frank Gehry are like <laughs> yeah, exactly. they're gonna figure it out. But it's you know that uh-huh. and that for me as a composer is also really interesting because. Uh-huh. We love live music because it's live, but with dance, there's a flexibility of tempo that's more, that's less, you, you can't be that flexible with tempo. You have to be more flexible with, with um, expression. Mm-hmm. I mean, those Stravinsky stores, like, he's pretty clear about how fast it is, but if you look at five recordings of the Stravinsky symphonies, oh, different all lengths, over the all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. And it's like, you know, what happens if you're out there alone and you're like, where's the oboe? Uh-huh. <laughs> like Come on in. Exactly. Yeah. Anytime now. Yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. Uh, and luckily for us, the conductor generally just is is in charge yeah. and the dancers follow whatever the music does. So mm-hmm. that's, uh, um, I love that about us. Rather yeah. than them following us, we we let the music lead always. So. Yep. I have a, I have a funny I have a funny story. I'll, this is a, everyone will remain nameless in this, but I remember we went from we went from MIDI to I forgot MIDI to 
real instruments. And one of the dancers came up to me and she was really mad and she was like, what happened to that drum? Like, you know, like where I enter, like from there to there, like where's that drum? And there, there'd never been a drum. There was no progression. <laughs> and, and I'm thinking, and, and then I was freaking out. I was like, did she, was she listening to the wrong score? Like, you know, and I was like, and I was like, okay, so I'm going through the thing. I was like, where, you know, where exactly is this? I'm listening through. I can't find a drum. And I realized there was like a low bassoon note that she had assumed was a drum. Oh my God. And I felt so terrible. And I wrote her this really long email. <laughs> Honey, that's a bassoon. Exactly. But what are you going to say? You know, right? Um, But here's so here's another question for you. Oh my god, I love that you're taking the lead. You're such a composer. I'll conduct here. Well, okay. So I one of the things that when I first started writing, working not just with dance but with like ballet, ballet, Mm -hmm. I wanted to learn the vocabulary of what everyone's talking about. (laughs) No, because it's 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 like we 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 do exist in the same world. Like we exist in the same campus, right? We're all mm-hmm. we're all in Lincoln Center, but the ballet has its own, not just vocabulary, but language that's come from the from French the French tradition oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. about just what the steps are. Yeah, like I literally want to. Yeah, pas de beret, pas de chat, all that, and it's like we're not taught that as composers, and yet somehow the implication is that you know if you get a dance commission that you'll be working in this world where you don't actually speak the language. And I think how great in that choreo comp program at Juilliard, which is like you yeah. pair choreographers, how great if we had had literally a week just with someone saying, this is what that is. Wow. Like, right? Wouldn't that be amazing? Stepwise? Just the steps. Yeah. Just anything. Mm-hmm. What is the... the Terminology. The term- like the, the lingo. The lingo, but also We've just the lot economy of lingo. that you guys exist in. It's like, what? how are yeah. you learning things? When are you listening to things? How do you, how, how would you describe that It's so that individual, phrase? I think. It's so individual. Uh, like this woman thinking that your bassoon was right. a drum. <laughs> you know, for me, I never played an instrument. Mm. I I'm, I don't read music. So, and my teacher even said to me when I was 12, You're, you need to work on your musicality, Wendy. Mm. Um, go play the radio at night. Before you go to sleep, go to sleep to music, right. and then it'll hopefully get into your body <laughs> because right. you're not musical. So I did do that, and um, you know I just figured it out on my own. And I, I, I would really take the recordings home of the ballets and and put them on repeat, right. listen to them with my Walkman on in the '80s to just pound it in there. And luckily, a lot of it was Stravinsky, and and right. I, and I, I under I started to understand how to grapple with. The music, you know, in, the, in my own way. So I count my own way, right. and um, you guys would be like, what? Well, this is, but, but that's great. But, and I think a lot of dancers, you know, non-musician oh, dancers to. do that, and ballet masters even, too. I think it's so important. And that, I mean, to me, I think, you know, it's funny, the choreographers sometimes apologize. They're like, this, no, no, I know this isn't how you count it. But I'm like, no, it's your piece now. This is how you count it. Yeah. And I'm thinking, you know, you sh- and I would, I would say, you know, it doesn't stop from you guys. Like, I probably heard... When I moved to New York, more Stravinsky at the ballet than I did at Anywhere, the symphony, because yeah. mm-hmm. they were doing like you know a festival of Brahms for like seven seasons. Right. So it it was literally it's like I would go you know and I, I would say like watching the ballet, it's but watching you in particular interpret Stravinsky, changed changes my perception of how those second movements go in neoclassical Stravinsky. Because it's like that's line. Yeah. And like, you can really see, I mean, you as a composer seeing especially Balanchine's work with these you know, really uh, meaty mm. Russian composers, you must really be able to see th- the music. Yes, but also think about it this way. Like the way that sometimes, and at least this is the way I was taught, is that neoclassical Stravinsky, which is like the yeah. symphonies, whatever, and you mm-hmm. know, that that Stravinsky is like emotionally 
mm. pale, mm-hmm. and that that Stravinsky is coming from an intellectual exercise about it relating to the past. Right. This is one way you can teach that mm-hmm. music. But then when you see it danced, mm-hmm. you think, "What are you crazy? Mm-hmm. You see so much." That's the most emotional blood thing. and heart and yeah, exactly, like and visceral. it changes it yeah. changes your perception of the music. And I, and again, this is why I. I Cherish working with working with dance, but also I wish someone had explained that to me when I was like nineteen, mm. rather than you know being chased around the Paris Opera House by Benjamin <laughs> trying to figure out like you know what's a glissade? Yeah, yeah. Oh. and you know, I went to class. Yeah, I like observed it. It yeah. was like, but you're also a curious artist that you know really cares and and wants to dig into all these different avenues and and. Uh, Creative resources. The New York Philharmonic, <laughs> this is in 1999, mm-hmm. was hardly playing a lot of John Adams, right? Mm-hmm. John's one of my favorite composers. I am obsessed with how well his work choreographs. Yes. Even the, even stroke, especially the pieces that weren't, like the violin concerto was so great. Uh-huh. Hallelujah Junction is uh-huh. so great. Even the, what's that crazy thing, Guide to Strange Places? Yes. Um, and it's like, you couldn't hear that anywhere else live in New York. Yeah. No one else is doing it. Yeah. You know, so I never like to think that, that the you know, the, the music ends and then the dance takes it and interprets it it's like it comes back to us mm-hmm. like we, that, that's where we boomerangs yeah it, well, it boomerangs and then it teaches us how to write better tell me about what it's like to see your work premiere as a dance yeah it's well, a, I mean I'm sure it's different all the time but it's surreal yeah it's surreal because well because again you it, it's like to whom does it belong right it's this kind of with with any large form piece where it's like any collaborative work you you realize that the energy in the room, is directed in a whole bunch of different places. Like why people are there are are there for different reasons. And you, you know, with a ballet, way more so than in classical music, people come to see an individual person that they love. Like, you know, dance. Which sometimes, is, sometimes, not always, yeah. sometimes, yeah, or yeah. they or they don't care and they just mm-hmm. came for the music, or they love the choreographer, or they love new work in general. It's like this interesting balance mm-hmm. of markets of markets, sort of. and also how much people know about anything. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, and I I love with ballet that chances are very few people know like me or my music or whatever so it's like a, it's a it's almost a blank slate in t- in terms of my relationship with the audience mm-hmm. which i really i really like it's so rare that that happens mm-hmm. right cuz like if you write an opera people pretty more or less know who you are yeah. they're <laughs> like, like oh we're going to see this person's yeah. right. body of th- this, exactly this. and like maybe some people are there because they're like you know oh i love isabel leonard but which is probably definitely true but they're aware of like what the whole the, what the, the eve, what the evening is yeah. like yeah so it's great i mean it, it, like any premiere it you know i, I get freaked out and nervous of course i do yeah <laughs> and some and sometimes honestly i find watching a ballet when i've been in rehearsals a lot you know i mean this is it's like the some of the first times that you actually get to enjoy watching it straight through with the costumes and the lights and if they're projecting all that stuff is that that time uh-huh. it's literally the opening night <laughs> What does it feel like to let it go into somebody else's hands like that? Yeah, once upon yeah. a time I was like, no, 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 I want to fix everything. Right. Now I'm like, take the damn thing. Wow, <laughs> like, wow. <laughs> also, I, this is going to sound totally perverse, but I love to watch in the house for opening, but then I love to watch from side stage because oh, that's a whole other ballet. Totally. Of which, like, Justin and I are also the author of, like, what is it like to get ready to mm-hmm. do a thing what is it like to listen to the thing for the dancers? What's it like to call to be a stage manager? Mm-hmm. Like what? Because that's also that's also a text. You know that that's, and I think I I've never been more amazed at standing side stage during 
it was one of the ones that Benjamin and I did here, probably two hearts. And, you know, the, the most graceful movement happens, and you come, they come to the stage and you're sweating and panting like racehorses. Possibly cursing. Yeah, no, exactly. And, you know, yeah. and it's like, oh, my entire, like, arch collapsed and I'm covered in powder. But I have to, like, I have to, like, big smile, calm down my breath, and do something slow in, like, 40 seconds. Yeah. You know, it's, a, it's an amazing thing to watch what that is yeah. off stage. Yeah. Watching people get on and off the ride of the music yeah. and the choreography, and because it's not an opera, it's not like I am breaking character. It's not, but it is in a weird way. Even if it's an abstract piece, it's like you still are in the. When you get off stage, when you get side stage, you're still in the ecosystem of that Balanchine yeah. world or what or whatever it is. It's so fascinating. It's totally a zone that you have to get into and get out of, and yeah. that I think is fascinating. Like you said, I you know it's funny. I, I was just reading Mark Morris's autobiography, mm-hmm. which is really funny and really good, mm-hmm. and you should I'm all sure. anyone in the internet should read it. But in, in it, he said right at the beginning, he's saying he's like I hate open rehearsals. I hate people watching me work. I hate people doing anything. And and it's it's interesting because I, I almost feel like I agree with him about like ninety nine thousand percent of what he's what he says, except for that. Or I think I love that's what made me fall in love with ballet too. Actually, it's like watching the actual process of how how it's put together in rehearsals is to me like the most. This is the other world. Right. It's like, how does this come together? Which isn't to say that, you know, every audience member should be, like, waiting in the wings by stage management. But, you know, it doesn't hurt. Uh, yeah. It would be nice to have a special seat there. <laughs> the chef's table or something. Yeah, exactly. Or, by the way, for young composers mm-hmm. who who are young young oboists or young mm-hmm. choreographers or young dancers. Just, just because it's, you know, the first time you see that, it blows your mind. Mm-hmm. And the first time you see a dance rehearsal when you realize how you guys learn is so not how we learn. And it's just it's just understanding it's like being able to empathize, I guess is the word, but to to realize like like you and I have dealt with a, I mean a, we're we're at different different points, but it's like we've dealt with a, a lot of the same music yes, over over yes, our yes, yes. over our respective careers, right? Mm-hmm. And we and we have completely different ways of of relating to but it's like the literal same piece of music. Mm-hmm. And so under trying to understand like how it is that you approach this, like when you wake up in the morning or when you're listening to your Walkman, you know, listening to Walkman. like <laughs> looking to listen to like which I imagine you still have like a cassette of Pulcinella, you know, from like <laughs> the Chicago Symphony, I, like in your <laughs> You know I do. I'm I literally yeah, do. I, yeah. yeah, no, I don't have a camera in your bedroom, but I I, I, I do <laughs> have little cassette tapes of certain things, yes. I you know, I bought And often it's Stravinsky. So I yeah. remember I this is in like nineteen ninety six or something that when Sony came out with that big white Stravinsky box set do you remember this thing it was just a, it was a disc of CDs of him conducting and I remember oh I God. saved up all my money and I took the bus to Boston and I bought this thing at Tower Records and I held I carried it around like a baby for three weeks oh I like brought God. it to school oh. like, where did you grow up I want to go I want to take it back so I was born in Vermont but I grew up in Providence Rhode Island and when did you start when did music begin to you know be your world um, so I was a, a kind of lousy kid pianist. I was like nine or ten, just you know, not really That's, motivated. And... Did you start around then, or did you yeah. start earlier? Yeah, yeah, no, I started around nine. Uh-huh. You know, nine in in classical music is like geriatric. Yeah, exactly. I remember when it's I, like ballet. My, same fir- thing. my first week at Juilliard, someone, some, one of my you know new new friends, classmates, I was like, oh yeah, I started around nine, and she goes months. <laughs> Nine months, and you know, oh literally, I mean, realizing full well that you know, I'm sure her parents had a violin in that crib. Like, oh yeah, the littlest <laughs> violin ever, ever. And they, yeah. yeah. So, anyways, oh, so, so I was like, I was nine years old. Wow. And then I joined also an Anglican boys' choir in Providence oh. as a thing to do, 
And I was not very good at either, but I was kind of curious. And then it all kind of happened one spring when I was like 11 where everything sort of emulsified and I became really good at both. And I kind of, my brain like locked into this um, really musical sensibility that I didn't really know I had. And and then wow. from, from there it was a pretty like crab-wise trajectory, but then I ended up, you know, in the, in that way of high school, it's like I don't know. I'm at this random high school in Providence, Rhode Island. Was it where, performing arts? No, it wasn't. School? It had a good performing arts. It had a good performing arts program and amazing teachers. But what I but for what I was up to, it wasn't like I wouldn't. I I did things at Brown and I like studied at Harvard and did Tanglewood in the summer as a teenager. And, yeah, but it was we. It was weird. I mean, composers are weird. Like we we know. Yeah. <laughs> <There's>, <laughs> That's I mean, why we love you, though. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. But there's no. Re- I mean, at that time, certainly in like the '90s, there was no obvious like pedagogical structure mm-hmm. in the in the same way that there is with with dance. Like, mm-hmm. but oh, actually, to ask you a question, like how many how many people do you think in in the company did it right? Uh, not right, but did it in that way where it's like, and then I did this, and then I went to SAB, and then I did this, and it, like the most most. Oh yeah, 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 absolutely. Because there's I, a system kind of for for it to work. I mean, I, I can take it back to earlier. There's a Balanchine dancer, Stephanie Saland, who started ballet at 13. Yeah, whoa. And she was a principal Grandma. ballerina, a principal ballerina. She made it to principal. Fantastic dancer. Mm. Uh, phenomenal. Um, one of my idols. And she literally started her ballet classes at 13, and that's just unheard of. That's wild, Unheard right? of, yeah. Un- understanding that, that that was so similar to classical music where there's this hierarchy of how you – like you start here, you do these con- these programs, you do this pre college program, you do these seventeen summer festivals, and then what? You know. Mm-hmm. So I did I the opposite of did that, and I went through it all weird. And then I turned up in New York when I was when I was seven on my eighteenth birthday. Actually, was my for birthday. real. Yeah. Wow. Were you composing at, mm-hmm. at that time? Yeah, I, st- I started I started composing like twelve or thirteen. And my parents. You and Billie Eilish. Yeah. <laughs> and my parents. You're were, one of those. Yeah, exactly, exactly. My, yeah. No, my parents are really supportive. Um, but again, there wasn't there wasn't a lot of infrastructure during the year, in terms of at that time. Again, like in Providence, like pre college development programs for composers. So, wow. I was sort of it was sort of autodidactic. And I would take some lessons, and I went to again Tanglewood for kids in the summer, which is amazing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, you know, I turned up at Juilliard. Somehow they let me in with such as a musician or a composer as a composer, as a composer. Uh Yeah, Mm -hmm. somehow with the hugest holes in my knowledge about rep and about. So I was just a weirdo. Like I, I, and I found myself having to play catch up for about a year, a year and a half, or like ten years. (laughs) (laughs) I was like, but I'm sure, I'm sure you know your colleague who started at 13. It's like you miss out on on so many formative, you know. But you figure it out, and you fill in those holes along the way, and and also you can. Break boundary because you don't you're know. Fi- no you're figuring you out some. Yeah, you're not following yeah. the rules necessarily. So what what I did what I did miss from my my colleagues who had had grown up both as musicians and composers in these really regimented systems was that kind of automatic work ethic, which I al- I already had, but it felt like a kind of function of eccentricity and and intensity rather than just what you do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Are you a math person? Not really. No, not really. I always think of musicians as math. People I feel like that's. I feel or like writing. What brings? I'm sort of obsessed with language. Oh, language. I'm always trying to learn a language. I'm always kind of obsessed with linguistics and thinking about how language is used and thinking about, um, like language is a kind of it's the motivating factor for a lot of what I write. Hmm. 
which is again weird because of course the point of the point of class so much of the point of classical music is it's like a space beyond language. <laughs> <laughs> no, but it's 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 cadence and space and, and line. Yeah. Line. And like, line. I have another question for you. Yeah, yeah. Bring it on. <clears throat> so you you now have this new role here. Right. I do. Which is awesome. It and is. I, new is not the word. It, it is new. It's, it's uh yeah. It's, it's it, yeah, it feels pr- feels pretty new. It feels pretty new mm-hmm. to me too. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. And and I guess my my question for you is what you know because you because you've come at this from from within the company, mm-hmm. and you've come at it from as again like Pete, you know my generation is like you were the interpreter of all these works and and you were known for a lot of different reasons. But it's like what do, do you feel like that gives you an especial. What 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 are you what are you interested in bringing in terms of like the new work that you're that you're trying well, to make happen? I'm really interested in a lot of things. Uh, I think keeping that real eye on music because mm. that's that's the source of of Balanchine was it's all about the music. So I, I'm really interested in making sure we bring great <laughs> compositions mm. to the stage and and programming. You know, I really want it to be musically charged. Uh, that's a big thing. I, I, diversity as well. I really want to have different kinds of uh, artists combining. I, I really want these collaborations to continue. Um, I love bringing very different forces together and mm. seeing what happens, you know, <laughs> what combusts uh, out of that. Combust uh, is such a good word. I yeah. loved, um, I really loved Kyle, the choreographer Kyle Abraham, using you. Yeah, I love that and too. And Kanye and I, I and love yeah. how all that worked together. Kyle is so great. All right, have you worked with Kyle any other? Kyle's times? used a bunch of my music, and we 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 met when he at this crazy thing, they subsistence in in Lyon, and he had choreographed a, like a twenty something minute piece on a bunch of pieces. Of I've never written for him, but I'm desperate to, by the way. Okay, um, that's good to know. But he's he's just... Note taken. Yeah, note taken. <laughs> he's, he's awesome. He has a thing that I aspire to, which is an absolute fluency in talking about everything that relates to his craft in a way that's not in any way terrifying. Wow. And yeah. I really love that, that, that piano and violin that you that you made. Was I mean, that something old, old that he chose? Yeah, oh, really? That was old. Huh. Um, it was it was a piece that he had reacted to really positively and he asked if they we I made a couple little structural changes to it for you know for what he needed. Um, but that piece is interesting. It's part of a, it's part of a cycle of pieces that are all based on drones which basically the, it, they're modular in a sense of one person drones and the other person play, plays these phrases but there you can put more room between the phrases and change the speed and it's they, a lot of people have actually choreographed to it, which is cool, um, because the pieces are so unfixed. Um, there's a woman, Julie Cunningham, is choreographing a sequence of six of them in, in London as part of the same. So Justin's piece that's coming here two weeks later goes to Sadler's Wells. Julie um, Cunningham, was she in Cunningham? Yeah. yeah. No relation. No, but Every, I love her. Yeah, Yeah, she's so great. She's cool, yeah. And Michael Michael Keegan Dolan is making another piece. So it's a triple bill of my music, which is Yeah, slightly... tell me about this that's happening in London, and, yeah. and New York City Ballet will be a part of this. In, indeed. Yeah. In March. In March. This year. And I'm, it's, yeah. It's, tell me about it's it. It's great. I mean, they, yeah. you know, um, Alistair called up and was like, we'd love to do this thing. Sadler's where, Wells. Sadler's Wells, exactly. And he said, we'd love to do this thing where we, we do, we have three different choreographers reacting to your music. Mm. Um, and they did this with Tom Addis' music a few years I ago, which was so great. Too. Yeah. It was so great. It was. I'm very rarely jealous, but I was like, I'm jealous. That's awesome. When that happened. Yeah. <laughs> well, you knew you were coming. It was going to happen. Um, would you think, would you consider him a counterpart sort of? Or is he? Is he Tom earlier? Adams. Who are your closest sort of? There's a you know it's interesting. You have there's a group I mean, of co- composers. That there's a yeah. There's a, there, there's a sort of um, 
you know, Missy Mazzoli, Tim Andres, um, uh, Chris Cerrone. You know, Tom Tom Edison is 10 years older, but I, you know, like to consider him a colleague, even though I still feel like a kid because I grew up listening to his music. Um, but, you know, th- there's, yeah, there's, a, I think there, there are a lot of us doing, doing. In a sort of generational sort of, yeah. like, new, I, 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 I'm really interested in new music at New York City Ballet. Is, is, a, is exciting to me. It's a good thing. Keep, yeah, yeah. Do yeah. get get all of it. Yeah. It, I, I the, but it's interesting. You know, there's now I feel like there's so the, the way of talking about it. Like there's this school of composers or there's a scene of composers See, is becoming yeah. less and less relevant. Mm. Um, I, I hope. I mean, you, you like a journalistic shorthand is like Brooklyn based, as if that implies like which notes or, and which rhythms. But it, it is one of those things where I, I think, you know, again, like collaborations get you out of those ruts. Where the implication is, if you live in New York, your, your music must sound this way, or oh. you know, it's like these stylistic shorthands of like, this we're pigeonholing oh, yeah. you into A New this York nonsense. Sound yeah. person, <laughs> I can't wait to hear uh, this this new com- composition and see this new choreography. It's gonna Me be either. it's gonna be really exciting. I'm super excited. No, I think it brought Justin to some new. I think. I saw some new things in there that I, I thought was beautiful, right? beautiful and exciting. This is really what I wanted to try to do with him. And I did, of course, I didn't tell him this. So, Justin, if mm-hmm. you're listening to this, close your ears. But, um, you know, I wanted to give him something where he'd be like, oh, I have to figure out. Uh, this is a puzzle. This is a challenge. This is a problem. Um, I, I found that there was some silence and space and just a little bit of a bare, bare bones moments that were really intriguing to me that um, I think are were very beautiful. Thank and, you. Yeah. I, this is one of the things that I really explicitly yeah. just th- looking back on his last couple of big mm-hmm. ones where, you know, with Bryce's piece, it's like the whole orchestra is playing and it's this, it's like a Christmas present of a, of a piece of music, right? Like every single thing is in it and confetti and a pony mm-hmm. and an ice cream sundae and it's all you know, spinning out of that crazy clock and it's just like <laughs> yeah. all the, do you know what I mean? It's yeah. like, and, and so I was like, what's the version of the opposite of that, mm-hmm. where it's like you've got this kind of unstable ensemble that's off balance because of what the nature of the instruments are, it, what you know, what what the literal instruments are. You have this odd um, sense of everyone a soloist, but kind of not. So really, it and there's never there's never a motor that you can always like, easily identify. So it's sort of like little wind up toys that all go in different directions. Wow, that's I mean, I can see from you see what I, I mean. Yes, yeah. absolutely. And there's something that he's doing that, that I saw the other day in rehearsal, which I think is so great, is he's making one gesture, like a, like everyone running across stage, and then people peeling out of that gesture, and then from that second gesture, people peeling out of that, too. So it really, but all at once. So there's this simultaneity and the simplicity of a single line, and then the compl- it's sort of like, you know, amoebas multipl- mm-hmm. you know, dividing. Yeah. Was, and, and again, I hadn't seen anything like that from him, because oftentimes he does that in a very formal way, uh-huh. where it's like... Four than two than one, but this is like much more liquid. So I was, I was like, I was Yay! very excited. And there was a dog in the rehearsal room, and I was so happy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's not in the piece, right? No. Although <laughs> if I had known, are you crazy? <laughs> I would have put had... a little mutt in the middle there. I, you know, and oh. my 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 boyfriend comes to me to the opera all the time. <laughs> but any opera in which there is a dog, there's a couple of operas at the Met where there's like a couple Borzois running around. He gets so excited. A couple ballets too, Giselle. That's right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> I, was, I should send him to that. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> It was so fun to talk to you. The pleasure was mine. Um, this is awesome. And uh, yeah, looking forward to more. Yeah, let's Yay! do it. Let's do it more. Yeah, all, right. all right. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for listening to City Ballet. To stay up to date on episode releases, be sure to subscribe wherever you listen to your podcasts. We hope to see you soon in the theater. 
So head over to nycballet.com to have a look at what's on stage.